Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Move Happy Movement podcast with Erin Nicole. My name is Peter Kim, and I've been a fan of the Move Happy Movement for a very long time. What I love about Erin and the Move Happy Movement is that Erin brings relevant topics with relevant data and research. On this show, Erin interviews a variety of leaders to help you empower you to find your own happiness. Maybe you're the next rock star. Maybe you're the next and up and coming brain surgeon. Whatever it is you inspire to do with your life, Move Happy is here to help you bring you out of the dark days and help you keep trained up with the most current and relevant information to provide your for your communities. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end to find out about a very uh, about a VIP private competition. All right, I am so excited, so honored to have CJ Montano here on the Move Happy Movement podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi Aaron, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. For those that, you know, don't know your story, why not? I always love to connect um, the audience with how I meet all these amazing people such as yourself. So we actually connected on one of my posts on LinkedIn and just happened to be, you know, team sports week and collaboration. And you had some great points that you made on there. And then we just kind of started the conversation from there. So LinkedIn, man, LinkedIn's where it's at. For those that don't know who you are, don't know your background, why don't you share a little bit about your origin story? For sure. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm I'm super excited about meeting with you and, and connecting with your audience. So for me, and I think the thing that ultimately resonated between Erin and I was um, she had made a post and it was uh, somehow triggered a thought in my mind because uh, currently, I am uh, the chief services officer of a of a technology software group, and um, this after many sort of tribulations throughout my career in technology. I've, I've done basically everything you can imagine in technology, but the thing that had been connecting with me and resonating with me recently and, and the post that you are mentioning was that um, we talk a lot about... Um, you know, the fundamentals of, of, of what, um, you know, traditional like a, a sports athlete might go through in their, in their maturing years and growing up years. And it really mm-hmm. resonated with me as both a, a previous competitive hockey player mm-hmm. uh, throughout a lot of different places. And now as somebody who is uh, at the top of an organization and coaches um, younger athletes and, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I see your mission and what we're trying to do here as um, there's just, just a lot of parallels between the fundamentals of becoming a great athlete and the fundamentals that it takes to get to the top of an organization. And so yeah. for me, bringing those two things together was really important and it just resonated with me. And so I, 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 that's who I am, somebody who is always connected well with sports and the power of sports. Mm-hmm. And now who has succeeded in my career and business, which seemingly doesn't have a lot to do with sports. But I think as we'll go through this podcast, we'll kind of make those parallels about how the greatest athletes will make the greatest leaders as well. Absolutely. I, I totally believe that 100 percent. And for those that are aspiring to get in the top of their field career wise, whether it's in the IT space or otherwise, um, what are some tips and strategies you can share on keeping a positive mindset? 
um, while they're kind of building up momentum in their careers? Yeah, I, you know, it's a good question. I think that um, I'll make no bones about this. There's going to be hard times and positivity, I believe, you know, I guess it's a little sort of cheesy to just say it's a state of mind, but truthfully, um, and Aaron, I think you actually said this to me recently, you're not always happy, but you're always trying to be happy. And I think that ultimately the tools and techniques that you need there are one, sort of remember that you're always trying to achieve some level of satisfaction or happiness. And, and that is a goal. It shouldn't just be, I'm trying to do this thing, or I'm trying to do that thing, or this will make me happy. Yeah. Um, ultimately happiness is that state of mind. And so for me, my best advice would be um, recognize that you're not always going to be happy mm -hmm. and that it is just as important to have the tools to get out of those bad cycles that kind of push you down. And the two mm -hmm. things that come to mind are one fundamentals. When you become frustrated or you're in that downward spike spiral, simplify, mm -hmm. schedule your life out, start doing small things that you know you will do well and build on those successes. I love and that. The and the second thing is remember, and, and, and one of my closest partners and allies, her, her name is Vera Kimmy, and maybe I'll introduce you to her here after the podcast, but she always says, remember what it's like to be happy and try to find that place again, because mm -hmm. when you're in that moment, it's so easy to be happy, but remember what it's like to be there so you can return to that feeling. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Those are strong points. And super powerful too, just breaking down the simplicity of getting into a routine. I love that you said, do something that you know you'll be good at or you'll have success in. It's those little wins that really are progressing towards, towards our own happiness. Progress, a lot of people define happiness as continual progress. So great tips. Thank you for that. Um, and you mentioned also this friend of yours. So that kind of ties in with our second pillar. Community is a real strong predictor of either our happiness level, if we've got a strong social health, social community, or on the opposite end, if we're struggling and we don't have connections with others outside of ourselves, could kind of tip the scales more towards the depressive state. So what are some, some tips and strategies, things you've learned um, in the professional space or maybe in the athletic space on building community that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think, you know, diversity matters. Find people that are not like you. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing is find people that are successful in their fields, no matter what field that is yeah. and be and be vulnerable with them and allow them to be vulnerable with you. Because I could almost guarantee this. Anybody who's in a successful place in their life had to go through probably a pretty significant period of depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. doubt, mm -hmm. Lots yeah. of different things. And when you get to that level of vulnerability with somebody of that nature, it gives you that hope to say, oh, wow, they're not perfect. They didn't just rise to this like through every perfect decision they've ever made. In fact, yeah. and I think most people believe at this point, success is just a, uh, you know, a series of failure, overcome failures, right? You mm -hmm. fail forward and continue to move forward. So yeah. I think that diversify your network to include leaders and be and allow yourself to be vulnerable with them. But then, especially this person that I'm, I was referring to, she's nothing like me. And every time I think I'm stuck somewhere, she'll just say something like, look, we're all just stardust among the planets. Like none of this is like that important. So <laughs> remember your place and, yeah. and kind of just grounds you immediately and makes you go, that's right. There's a million things I could be doing to become happy. I don't have to feel like 
this one narrow little path that I'm struggling with is the only way. There's there's mm-hmm. lots of things. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I love that. And to have that perspective of someone else reaching out and just saying something that we absolutely need in that moment. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you for those tips. Uh, third pillar of move happy is about movement. Uh, we know that exercise is important for our health. Moving our bodies can, you know, improve our mood uh, immediately. And it also can be sustained over time. Um, you mentioned being a, a professional. Uh, well, at one point, playing competitive hockey and then coaching as well. Is that your favorite thing to do to move your body or is there something else? I think there's a lot of things. Um, I think an important point here though is again to remember, especially when you're struggling or you're kind of Mm -hmm. in that downward spiral, like athletics and movement become so important. I'll give you like just kind of a little story here. Mm -hmm. When I started my second, third business, um, I was struggling. I felt alone. I was like sitting in this office. It was just me. I was like on the 33rd floor. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure in all ways. And I remember just being returned to the basics and and the two things that came to me is one, I'm married to a lovely wife who gave me the first piece of advice. She was like, please go play hockey. You're annoying me. Yes. <laughs> but, but what she was really Smart saying woman. was that, yeah, that made you happy and you're good at that. And she knew that all of the endorphins would get going. And then my mind would be like, Oh my God, while I was playing, I had all these great ideas. Like just play sports or just move, just, you know, exhaust your body because the blood flow comes in it and it's crazy. Yeah. So that was the first thing. But the second thing that also really helped was in sort of alignment with kind of, cadence your life or discipline your life as you move forward. Um, one of the things I used to do was I used to just schedule in and, I, and it would be a non-negotiable thing, commitment to myself. And it would be twice a day. I would just schedule in a meeting on my calendar. It would be 15 minutes. Stop what you're doing, go outside, walk, grab a water and introduce yourself to two new people that you meet on the street. Ooh, that I was like my that. way of doing it, but, but mm-hmm. really it was just walking down 30 flights of stairs going outside 15 minutes and you come back with, again, the endorphins, the fresh air, the new perspective. So all of that is amazing how quickly within a few days or a week, it's like, I feel better. Like I'm giving some balance to myself and that really, the movement I know, like that really does help you. Yeah. And not to mention, you know, meeting new people, you've got this business. I mean, that could turn into business leads in addition to helping with your social health, mental health, fitness. That's, that's awesome. That's really cool. Love for sure, that. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked a lot about, you know, the connection, the parallels of athleticism sports with running a company or being a top leader in a company. What are you really, really excited about right now? What's going on in your world that we can support you with? Yeah, I think that, um, it's interesting you said this because I'm I'm sort of at a shift in my career in that we're we're me and my partner are running a successful software engineering business and we have really cool things going on and I'm I'm not going to actually focus too much on that because this is about happy movement and, and and what we could do but one of the things I want to bring attention to that both I think helps me as a personal brand and just what I want to achieve in life is yeah this sort of concept of bringing you know bringing the fundamentals and supporting sort of the young athlete. And, you know, it goes all really well in what you're trying to do here. And that, you know, athletics is not always 
celebrated, you know, in the schools or at a young age, it's seen as either, oh, that's just a jock thing. It's not something I will do, or that's stupid. Mm -hmm. Those people are dumb. Um, but <laughs> I think that, you know, I work in the ice rinks and if you've ever like really gone to a, just an ice rink at the youth level, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 years old, they're not like the friendliest looking places. They're dark, they're holes. There's not like, it's not like a place you choose to just hang out in. But you yeah. know what? I love that because it's where magic happens. And, and I think that the magic I'm talking about is like you learn perseverance and dedication and you learn that there's more than just a facade and the glory of what you see on U.S. figure skating or the top athlete in the world, you know, holding up the Stanley Cup or the World Series trophy. Like they started in those dungeons and they started in some pretty unhappy places. And, and honestly, what you talked to me over the phone about this, Aaron, you talked about when you when you first took over this. I can't remember this group, but you you said you inherited this like sort of dark, dingy weight room and exercise room. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? There's magic in those places because the people that succeed in those places are the people that hold up the World Series trophy 20 years down the road. So how could you support me or like what I'm doing? I don't know. It's, it's really not about me. It's about support those young kids, support those athletes, whether it's inner mm -hmm. city or just within your own community. Mm -hmm. The words, the one word you might say to that one kid that says, wow, what you're doing, not a lot of kids at your age are doing, might drive that kid for the next three or four years. And someday that will pay you back when he comes back and says, thank you. Like, mm -hmm. you don't know how like amazing of a leader you were to me. And you're thinking, I said one thing to you. So to me, that plays its way out so well in business and career and professionalism and growth in your life. And mm -hmm. You know, when I do that now, I'm a coach and I don't get paid for that. And me and my wife talk about this. She does it as well. And she doesn't get paid for it. But that's a good thing. Like give back to your community yeah. at that level. Mm -hmm. It will pay off in your community, in, 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 in just general humanity. And I think athletics is a great place to do it because it's fun. The, 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 the resources exist to, to step up. All they really need are those selfless leaders to come in and provide mm -hmm. a little bit of leadership to them. And that I think helps kids really get off to the right start. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I believe that hundred percent. Um, I know I coached, uh, my first year it was, it was middle school. It was their first year ever cross country, low income school. Our first practice, we had girls wearing flip flops and I was like, <laughs> did we forget our shoes today or do we not have running shoes? And a lot of them didn't have running shoes. It was just yeah. the, the bare basics, getting them, you know, basic running shoes, like partnering with a local running store. And, you know, they just happen to say, yeah, we'll help you out. Um, give us their shoe sizes and, you know, got the right kinds of shoes for the right activity for them. I didn't know what I was doing as a coach other than I had ran half marathons before that, but I didn't really know what I was doing other than just, I'm willing to, be that person that goes and, you know, has that support. Um, we had a head coach as well and he was, he kind of ran the show too, um, which was helpful. Um, but it, it transformed me working with, with our youth. Um, and it really opened my eyes to being grateful for having two pairs of running shoes at that time, you know, where these kids couldn't even afford their families. Some of them couldn't even afford to get them basic athletic shoes so that they could participate mm -hmm. in sports um, and then on the opposite end of town was, you know, super rich area 
mm-hmm. and they were they won uh, I got to coach it was tracks so it was a different season but totally different dynamics in the neighborhood with involved parents with supportive you know team members they had 100 plus on that team and it was our fourth state championship or city citywide you know championship to see the dynamics but no matter what um, the age group is, whatever their situation is at home, I think we all, especially now with COVID, there's so much downplay right now, whether they're not competing at all or whether mm-hmm. some schools have sports and some don't. There's going to be a lot of, uh, I would say, a roller coaster of levels that For get sure. to the high school and then get to college if they continue on playing, there's going to be a lot of gaps, um, I foresee. So definitely we need more volunteers, uh, whether you can do it full time every day or just once a week, you know, check in, go work out with, you know, a youth, especially our, our young boys too. And big brothers, big sisters are always looking for male volunteers to step up. So thank you for, for being that for your community and, and being that, that voice, that example. I think more people need to do that. So hundred percent. And and you know, to just kind of take that a little bit further, it's, you know, it's, it's also rewarding and developmental for, for me and anybody who gives to that sport. And and here's how, you know, when you sit down with somebody who is very young, you learn pretty quickly that how you, how clearly you communicate Mm -hmm. and how well you break down the problem and the solution Mm -hmm. is the critical point of helping that kid move past a roadblock. Yeah. And just in, you know, not that you treat, you know, your cohorts or your, you know, your associates like they're like they're eight or nine or 10 years old, but it mm-hmm. really gets you back to the fundamentals as a leader mm-hmm. to say when somebody is understanding or isn't vision or doesn't get like where you're going with something, remember you see something that you're very experienced at and it's very obvious to you how it all works, but it's not necessarily obvious to your audience. And in a professional environment where there's pride and bias and fear and job and money and all that on the line, the likelihood of somebody that you're leading actually being vulnerable and admitting that to you mm-hmm. is very, very low versus a kid who'll be, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> like, this doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. They're right? straight to the point. <laughs> They're straight to the <laughs> point. So, and, and so, um, so I think as a leader, you learn, you're like, wow, I bet this is happening over here too. And, and I should apply some of this sort of thinking in the way that I teach to this. Like, don't expect everybody to be as good as you. And, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean, I've been doing my job for 22 years. There's kids coming out of college that have been doing it for zero so you yeah. know, 22 years, there's a lot of things. And I think yeah. that as leaders, it's, 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 it's incumbent upon us and it behooves us to remember that we shouldn't assume that everybody can do what we do a year out of college. That would be yeah. undermining your whole career, essentially. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. And having that understanding and compassion, too, for the newbies in the job, in the workplace, whatnot, I think, too gives them the feeling and confidence that they can go to you and ask you for help because they know that you don't expect them to be perfect. So I think that's, that's, um, you know, great advice, great reminders. I think that we all need to be actively practicing in the workplace and at home. And if we're volunteering somewhere that can translate to pretty much any scenario. Um, so I always like to close out the show with, you know, a little personal stuff to help, the audience kind of connect with you on a, on a, you know, simple, fun level. So I know I'm just pulling this out of the air. Um, 
you mentioned your wife has helped you to kind of get back into those positive things by getting you out of the house and back to hockey and whatnot. Um, how did you guys meet? Is that on the table? (laughs) (laughs) It's totally on the table. It's hilarious. Like, Aaron, I got to tell you, like, I am not like, I'm a pretty confident person at this point. And I was so worried about this question for like all night. I'm like, what is she going to ask me? <laughs> um, uh, me and my wife, her name is Gina. And uh, her and I actually met. So this is kind of fun. It's a great question because we met at a preparatory school called Choate Rosemary Hall. It's a very, very sort of paradigmic uh, prep school in America. It used to be mm-hmm. ranked in the top three. It's probably top 10 now. And it's oh, a wow. place where like the Trumps and the Kennedys went there. Um, oh wow! And, and I'm not, and I'm not even suggesting this is like me and me and my wife are lower middle. We grew up in lower middle class or middle class families, mm-hmm. um, so we're not like wealthy or anything like that. But, um, but I got there because of my hockey. So I was recruited to play hockey there, mm-hmm. and she got, she was there because she lived in the town and she was like the smartest kid in town essentially so we met at like <laughs> 17 years old and we're actually today's her 44th birthday and I'm already uh-huh. and uh yeah happy birthday G. happy birthday um, but we so she kind of like you know I was like kind of like a star athlete and she was mm-hmm. like a smart kid and so we just met there through athletics and she used to come watch me play hockey and I you Aww. know I met her as sort of like this person so yeah it's kind of like a high school love story which is totally totally yeah. crazy but um yeah, I knew I've known her since 18. And so we're 44 now. So Aww. I mean, we haven't been married that long, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's actually a great story. And I, I, I love when people ask because it reminds me of like, uh, you know, how, how amazing this all started. And we're still yeah, we're still <laughs> and how sports can connect you exactly. to your life partner. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you again for being a guest on the show. This has been really fun. Aaron, thank you. I appreciate it. And all the best to all of your, you know, your watchers out there. And I'll just kind of leave it with this. Um, I'm available to you, Aaron. I'm, I, I also don't mind uh, being part of any reach out if, if somebody needs to speak or is looking for that person to understand and have some, you know, uh, context in their life and, and how to get through it. I'm, I'm willing to help you. I think you have a great movement and you're thank just you. one of the most positive people I've ever seen in your profile and your social sort of profile. It's Thank you. I'm really proud of you. And it's pretty cool what you're doing. Thank you so much. And for those that do want to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? LinkedIn or? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is the best way. I'm pretty active on it. Otherwise, if they want a, you know, something closer to that, they could either direct message me on LinkedIn or they could talk to you. And if you want to forward it to me, me, we'll go from there. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thanks again. This has been fun. Thank you, Aaron. Have a good day. All right. That's a wrap, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. I hope you learned something today. I hope that we added value to you. If we did, it would mean the world to me if you would maybe take a screenshot of a certain part of this episode that that stood out to you and post it on social media. Maybe write a couple sentences of, you know, what thoughts came to mind or if you have more research to add um, or just stories to tell that tie in with what you listen to. Um, Feel free to tag us on all social media. You can tag us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, the little at sign, the real move happy. On Twitter, you can tag us at move happy team. On Snapchat, 
You can tag us at The Move Happy. On LinkedIn, you can tag me on my business page, Erin Nicole, CEO and founder of Move Happy. And you can also tag our business page, which is the little at sign, move-happy. You'll see a gray and purple logo there. And recently, we're on Clubhouse. Um, There's no recording on there that I'm aware of yet. However, if you're needing some prayer, I go live every Tuesday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time Zone. That's one hour behind New York. You can find me at Move Happy Erin, E-R-I-N. And uh, you can just show up, bring a prayer request, bring a praise, and we'll pray for each other around the globe. Um, And... Really appreciate all of you that are sharing and have been sharing the content for the last few years. I'm doing something fun to beef out our download list of the podcast. So once we get to 10,000 downloads, I'm actually sending out personal invitations for a private VIP concert with myself and my other musical friends performing for you as a thank you for helping us build out this brand globally and empowering depressed people around the globe to find their own happiness. So I'm going to check where we're at and you can actually check this 24 seven on the website, themovehappy.podbean.com. You can see where we're at all the time, um, but let me check where we're at right now as of 1.46 p.m. Monday, March 22nd, 2021. One second here. We're at 23.99, so just shy of 3,000 downloads. Thank you so much, all of you. I couldn't do it without you. So make sure you're sharing consistently. Write those reviews on iTunes and get my attention on a regular basis, and I will be adding those of you that are sharing um, my content and helping build out this brand globally, I will be giving you that uh, personal invitation. Um, also, if you haven't heard, I just launched in the last couple weeks, still in process with paperwork, I launched a nonprofit to honor all of our veterans and first responders. If you are listening and you happen to be either active duty right now, or you're retired from either, or you're a family member and you love music, um, reach out to me personally. You can either send me an email or um, you can find me on any social media, shoot me a DM. I'm actually hosting monthly concerts online for you to give you gratitude. Um, I had this past winter, it was one of the scariest times in my life and I'm grateful for the veteran strangers and first responder strangers that stepped up and helped fix all of my digital technologies that I thought were lost forever, as well as kept me safe when someone broke into my home. I have a suspect, but I'm not exactly sure who did it, so I'm letting the authorities handle all of that investigation. Um, And I'm gonna focus on my genius zone, which is music and bringing people together. We've already done two concerts that have been successfully run, And we just got our second sponsor working on our third one. If you are a sponsor interested in sponsoring, if you love veterans, love first responders, you can email me at Erin, E-R-I-N, at themovehappy.com. Or you can tag me on any social media or shoot me a DM if you're interested. Uh, But those of you that are veterans, first responders, active duty or retired, or uh, perhaps you're a military spouse or you're a family member, daughter of, son of, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I want you guys to be included in this. Um, It's absolutely free for you. You don't have to pay a cent. Um, It's myself, and then I include a variety of musicians. We have a keynote speaker that starts it off. 
And my whole goal is to entertain you, of course, provide you with a fun evening event. And then also I want you to connect because our social health is one of the strongest predictors of our happiness. In addition to if we're not being socially connected in positive ways, it can actually make our mental health worse and really exacerbate our depression. So this is my one small way of helping adding value. There's um, a lot of different research out there that says all kinds of numbers, but from what I've seen pretty consistently, our first responders and veterans are 10 times more likely to contemplate and or end their lives um, by self-infliction. So I don't want that to happen. I would love to decrease those numbers and I know I can't do it by myself. So this is my one small way of adding support and a big thank you to Amanda Williams and her husband, U.S. Army, uh, for already saying that they're going to be sponsors and also performing soon. Um, My high school friend, we've sung in choir together. We've known each other for like 20 years and just got off the phone with her today. So thanks, Amanda. I love you and I love your support and all the things that you're doing for your family um, and your husband's service to our country. Our first sponsor is Micah Paget, who has a dream of improving the building facilities for people with mental illness. He's actually a lead architect and he's the first that has actually donated. So thank you so much, Micah. Really appreciate you. Um, If you are not in the U.S. and you'd like to still participate, if you're in a U.S. friendly country, you are welcome to join as well. Uh, You can email me and or uh, shoot me a DM. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. (laughs) See you next week, guys.